checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers, and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to a special edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner, Dan Wolkenstein, and Ryan Dyrud here from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Aura Athletic, Greens, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Gentlemen, Chargers training camp is finally here. Who's hyped? The intro never gets old, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Undefeated. Undefeated. No, one take. Yeah, one First take. take. You know, when you screw it up so many times over a couple-year period, eventually it, it sticks with you, and you it get sticks. it. For Chargers Unleashed listeners and viewers, like we have a great B-roll. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll showcase that for myself and Jake. My then. favorite still is when Jake's ever off, and you invite me on, and you have to do the intro. Yeah, it's it terrible. Is, it's always fun. See? So. Nobody needs to see the B-roll footage, Dan. <laughs> Nobody. I think they do. Okay, so uh, day one. Hyped. Hyped uh, to answer your question. Yes, very hyped. Uh, JC Jackson's out there. Justin's out there after he gets paid. You're seeing Quentin Johnson out there making plays. Keenan Allen's looking like the old Keenan Allen. Uh, tons of takeaways, but more than anything, it's just good to see football back. Like, we'll get into all the specifics, but just being back out here on the grass with the players, the fans, where the place was packed. Mm-hmm. It's a little hot, but. <laughs> Yeah. So hyped to be here. Understatement, but yes. <laughs> it was hot. It's warm. Every year it's warm. Um, but no, it's so good to be back. Uh, it's good to be one of the teams in the NFL that has no holdouts. You know, Austin Eckler's that's, here. That's true. It's yes. always great having all players report and, and ready to rock and roll, and everyone looks excited to be here. And um, yeah, fan, I mean, I don't know if they do sellouts or whatnot, but definitely it looked sold out, if you will, packed Back to the back row of the rafters today. That's, that's right. For sure. So um, great time and, and good to be here and good to be here with you fellas. Absolutely. So general takeaways, Danny. You know, this is first day. You know, it's, we're, done, we're not talking pads yet, not talking any like big time hits or anything like that. But let's just go through the, the standouts. And just for anybody that's wondering, I take notes. I wish I could tweet more, but for me, I tweet too slow. And then I don't like to miss possibly what happens on the next play. Dan Wolkenstein's a much better tweeter than I am when <laughs> yeah. it comes to timing and speed and all that type of jazz. He's so, a much better Xer now, you would say? Yes. Ooh. Which sounds weird, but you're correct. <laughs> Very weird. Yes. So, we'll still call uh, we got. <laughs> I know no how X good. <laughs> the, yeah, that, that. So, Dan, a couple of the initial takeaways during the early part of practice. Um, obviously, we heard the news today that Jalen Guyton, uh, Austin Johnson, Tito Agmaniba, they're all starting off camp on the PUP list. Um, no timetable yet as far as when they are set to return. I'm trying to keep in mind what Brandon Staley said at the end of mandatory minicamp, that he didn't expect that any of those injuries for guys that we did not see out there during that period were anything that was going to be very long injuries that would keep them away so hopefully this is something that we would be talking about possibly seeing them returning either by the end of this week possibly early next week we'll see what happens but that opens the door for a couple of undrafted free agents that we happen to be talking about on yesterday's show namely Gerard Clark and Pokey Wilson so that's just some news to keep in mind as this week goes along um Alohi Gilman had a nice fan club out, yeah. out in the crowd. Today. He had some jerseys. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. And was no surprise starting free safety next to Derwin James today. A uh, lot of communication between the two of them in practice today. You could always hear what they were talking about out on the field. Um, Dan, let's flip it back to you. Initial takeaways from the early parts of practice? Uh, initial takeaways for me one, I think the biggest story is JC Jackson. Uh, the fact that he's out there now with helmet on during seven on sevens. Train like 
that's so impressive. And you got to give kudos and the flowers to him and his staff and everybody that was going through getting him to where he is now because that's a big deal. And, you know, at one point he was getting the, the fans all hyped up and getting them all cheering for him. And it's just a sight to see, like him and Derwin kind of talking to each other. And I, you hear Derwin at the podium kind of talk about how excited he was to kind of see him back out there with him. Uh, Quinn Johnson, for me, I think was probably the biggest. It's a bad man. That was probably the biggest, like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, he's him. And you heard Derwin talk about it. You heard a lot of players talk about it. He brings something that this Chargers team simply has not had. There was one part, Jake, you and I both were looking at each other. We saw him take a little, like, slant route or a drag route, turn on the Jets, and him galloping down the sidelines, running away from people. What receiver in the locker room last year on the roster, practice squad, pick one, that does that. There is none. It was about a 20-yard run from him catching it from Justin Herbert in the flat and literally outran three defenders along the sideline. That yeah. was impressive. And some of the catches he was making and the footwork, you see him in the drills, you see some of the stuff he does where he does that punch and all of a sudden he's doing that slant route and there's not a DB within five yards of him. Shout out to Dean Leonard, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Quentin Johnston, <laughs> Quentin Johnston just... I, it's hard not to get super excited about it, and I try not to be too optimistic, but, man, if it was not him, it was Keenan Allen, but I would say him today was like, they did good. And, Dan, you tweeted it. Quentin Johnson goes off on the side of the field with Josh Palmer, and all of a sudden both of those guys are running jet sweep drills, <laughs> which is something that we all expected to see eventually in this Kellen Moore-led offense. Maybe not necessarily with that personnel, but that was a surprise to see Quentin Johnston going off and doing some of those drills. Very nice to see. Mm-hmm. I think very capable of doing something <laughs> like that, for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe the other takeaway I would probably have would be... Um, Real quick, because I, I just want to keep on QJ for just a yeah. second. Um, and I think one thing to reiterate, you know, this is the early part of camp is just, you know, you're testing everything out. It's a new playbook. So don't everyone think all of a sudden Quentin Johnson's going to be taking jet sweeps week one against Miami. He might. He might. He might. He might. But you're going to throw everything at it right now to see what fits, what works well with what personnel. Um, and then my other more question for you guys, because I was off looking at something else. There was a moment after the individuals when I thought I saw Johnson over with the running backs. Was he doing special teams work over there? I think that's when he was doing the jet sweeps. Is that was the jet sweeps? That's okay, right, so yeah. Goal line work, jet sweeps, and stuff yep. like that. Okay. Yeah, because all the receivers were on one side, and all of a sudden I see Quentin go the other side, yeah. and then I'm watching him do jet sweeps with Josh Palmer. I'm like, oh, that's new. And then you fast forward, I think it was 7-on-7 seven or 11-on-11. Seven, 11 11. He's doing it. And I'm like, oh, there we go. Gotcha. So there we go. continue on. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. was getting tested a lot today, and there were some incredible coverages that we saw from him, but also some, like, insane catches on him. And no fault to his, but you saw Josh Palmer have an incredible catch. You saw Keenan Allen with incredible one-handed catches, Quinton with catches, Mike Williams. You saw John Hightower with a bomb, Darius Davis in the middle. Like, you saw a lot. And one name that, Jake, you and I noticed, Darius Shepard was getting a lot of snaps today. So keep an eye out for number 20. Very new face on the roster just within the last month. Easy to spot him on the wide receiving roster because he's the only one wearing number two something. Um, Darius Shepard, though. I saw a lot of him. You talk about the Asante Samuel Juniors. I th- first of all, the receivers feasted in the middle of the field today. There is, I mean, there is no question, regardless of what DB we're talking about, the flat was open today for wide receivers. Which and, is a great staple of the Kelmore yes, offense. Yes, so. it is. And Dan, this kind of goes back because we saw the rotation between Sante Samuel, Jasir Taylor, that was going back and forth yep. in between drills. So healthy rotation of those two. Honestly, 
One's going to make the other one better. I'm excited to see all four of these guys get rotated in certain packages, whether we're talking man or zone coverage. I don't think that one is necessarily going to overtake the other. And to have four guys like that, um, you know, the old saying, you can never have enough DBs on your roster. And for Jasir Taylor to get a bump like this in year two, again, I go back to the coach's confidence in a player like that when he's only had so much limited time playing going back to last year in the Miami game. But to have a rotation of guys like this, when we know what Asante Samuel can Jr. can do, and he's still improving, and now you have an ascending Jasir Taylor getting thrown starting reps like this. I, I Again, I, J.C. Jackson or Michael Davis hasn't even come out of my mouth yet. <laughs> and you talk about a rotation of these four guys. It's something to really be excited about with this secondary. Yeah, and I wonder I wonder where the secondary, like how multiple they can actually be or how multiple they w- will be, not could be. But when you have a rotation like that where Jazeer Taylor is either corner three or four, like that's a pretty dang good lineup if well, he's just, your CB4. Just think about this. Two years ago, we saw DeAndre Campbell guarding Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. <laughs> I was at that game. And now look where we are. Fast forward. A lot of to be excited about in the secondary. Yeah. Yeah, because, and Jake, you and I have talked about it before, but opposing offenses will find the weak link. and Good ones well, yes. and Yes. <laughs> and in my opinion, the weak, quote-unquote, links that teams are probably questioning right now are the linebacker aside from Eric Hendricks, the other safety, and whoever the last corner is. Those are probably the, the ones to, to pinpoint. If Kenneth Murray or Dayon Henley can step up, and be that second guy. If Jazeer Taylor and Asante Samuel Jr. can be that slot, third nickel, star money type of thing, now you're cooking. And then if you get Alohi Gilman playing like he did last year, there really isn't, that's not really, there's no weak spot, so to speak. And so I thought that was exciting to see, just like the rotation. You're seeing EDFAs, you see Taewon Mullen was out there, you saw Pokey Wilson. Um, it's such a good UDFA class. This Dude. Year. I mean, it, uh, obviously our, our contingency and our focus is Chargers and Rams when it comes to NFL, so I don't dive into all the teams, but I think it'd be hard to name a better UDFA class than what the Chargers got. It's just tough because when you look at the positions that have the best chance of making the roster, the roster is stacked at those positions. Yeah. And yes, we're talking about a guy like Gerard Clark, whose chances seemingly may have improved today, given yeah. the news of Tito and Austin Johnson. And Nick Williams. Nick Williams. Nick Williams was in there in rotations next to Scott Matlock. Chris Hayden was in there. With Joey Bosa on the left side. Like, that Indeed. was nice to see, getting some of those extra reps. But... You know, Jalen Guyton starting the camp on PUP when he has not practiced at all during OTAs and minicamps. Yeah. This is another opportunity for Pokey Wilson to get in there and start making some noise. And Dan, you had mentioned the cornerbacks just a couple weeks ago as far as what you're looking forward to. Possibly the safeties and A.J. Finley because of the big question marks as far as the depth behind uh, Alohi Gilman and J.T. Woods at that role. So there's a lot of opportunities for this team right now. There are, and you, that's, the, that's the key word is opportunity. And when players aren't playing other folks have opportunities if you've ever thought why in the world is my wireless bill so damn high then let me tell you about our friends over at mint mobile who we're partnering with for today's video mint mobile offers premium wireless for as low as 15 dollars a month and you don't have to sacrifice any coverage speed or data they're built on the nation's largest 5g network so they keep costs low by selling directly to you online they cut out the retail stores and the salespeople. all mint mobile plans include unlimited nationwide talk and text plus lightning fast 5g and free mobile hotspot so why should you have to pay for more than you have to to access the 
the same network. It only takes 15 minutes to switch and you'll be paying as low as $15 a month for your phone plan. It really is that simple. So use the link in the description below, trymintmobile.com backslash chargers unleashed to get started. Click the link in the description below or scan the QR code. And so you look at, you mentioned like the Pokey Wilson's Scott Matlock's, the Gerard Clark's, Nick Williams that now have opportunity because of the guys that are not playing because they're hurt. And look at kind of the corners, you know, JC Jackson, while he's out there, he's not doing everything. And I would imagine the team probably wants to play it safe and not do anything crazy. But folks are going to get opportunities. And so that's what camp is about. And it's up to them to kind of make the most of it. And I think this is day one. We have a few weeks here. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of storylines that kind of play out who takes advantage of the opportunity and who can actually make enough of an impact where they can make the roster. Yep. Speaking of opportunities, who's stepping up behind Austin Eckler? Well, it looked like, as far as camp reps goes, Isaiah Spiller was getting the RB2 reps, however you want to call it. The balance between him and Joshua Kelly seemingly was rotating, but if you want to call it that, maybe you can indicate that that is an early sign of Isaiah Spiller taking the RB2 spot for this team already. Mm-hmm. Again, we're talking probably there's still a healthy rotation. It's day one as we stand right now. But yeah. And last year they seemed to almost every day like rotate. Like who, who would do what? They so we'll did. see if they do that this year. Larry but I, Roundtree was also getting some work in yeah. there today as well. But I feel like from the standpoint of the Chargers not seeing enough of Isaiah Spiller last year mm-hmm. and not getting the opportunity that he should have gotten. He saw him featured a lot today. Yeah. Yes. You definitely saw him featured a lot today. So that'll be an interesting battle to watch and a good indicator for Isaiah Spiller heading into uh, this early part of the preseason. We've talked skill players a bit. Let's talk about the big beauties. Everyone calls them big uglies, but I'm calling them beauties. Big beauties. Um, I like that. How amazing is it to see Rashawn Slater back out there healthy? Great. And uh, the sheer mass, size, girth, whatever you want to call it, of that offensive line across the board. When you see that up close, we have Rashawn Slater joining us in Chargers Unleashed and just looking at his calves, let alone like just the size of that entire roster on the offensive line. His thigh is my chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <by the> way. <laughs> yes. Which I don't have a big chest, but it's, it's big for a thigh. Yes. That offensive line looks big, and I think they have a chip on their shoulder from what they saw last year, especially in the run game. It's hard not to get excited about what that offensive line could look like when you have everyone kind of in their place where they're supposed to be. Like, Jamari Sawyer last year was playing tackle. No one even thought he'd be playing tackle. Yeah. And so now he gets to be in his natural position in a phone booth. Zion Johnson in a phone booth. Corey Lindsley. Then he got the two tackles, Pipkins and Slater. You, I'm going to put you guys on the spot, and you don't have to give me an exact number, but, like, preseason ranking, like, where do you see this offensive line kind of starting the year are they a top 10 unit are they a top five unit are they kind of middle of the road until we see more of them play together kind of where do you have them set i mean I'll, I'll use someone else's barometer i mean pff ranked them early to start the season as the number i think it was the number nine or ten ranked offensive line heading into this season and dan you talked about the beef like i'm not even talking about watching this guy take a snap when you see trey pipkins and jamari saw you're standing next to each <laughs> other yeah that's a lot of that's a lot of beef. Standing next to Austin Eckler, Darius <laughs> Davis. I mean, to think about. I mean, for years, the right side of this offensive line has been an Achilles heel for them. And whether you want to talk about it, guard or tackle, and they've tried to shore it up in a number of different ways. But to put a body as wide as Jamari Sawyer next to Corey Lindsley, next to Trey Pipkins, 
you'd have to believe that the right side of this offensive line is going to be improved, especially in the run game. You'd have to believe that with Kellen Moore's offense, they're going to be able to clear many, many holes for mm-hmm. this running backs in this team. I wonder, like, as we kind of go forward, like how much we're going to see from the skill positions, uh, like without there being too much let out of the box, like out of, out of the hat, how much is Kellen Moore going to let us actually see before the season starts? Not much. <laughs> And so, like, a lot of fans, they need to brace themselves. Like, oh, why aren't we seeing, you know, all these, you know, gadgetry plays or things that would be, you know, creative and stuff. Like, it, we, I think you have to know that that stuff comes out when it's due. That being said, it's hard not to start thinking ahead to what possibilities Darius Davis could bring, both as a returner, obviously. But when you see him doing, like, the footwork drills... That looks pretty. The receiving line going down the line. So you have Keenan, Mike, Palmer, Quentin, Darius, and the crew. Quentin, Darius, in my opinion, Quentin, Darius, and Keenan were the three by far that had the quickest feet. But Darius's feet are like something else. And you watch him in some of those quick slant, quick routes, change of direction. Whew. Well, that, that was my biggest takeaway. I mean, I love watching the receivers, being a former receiver, and you know, two years ago, there was a stark difference in terms of footwork and route combination and speed out of the break from Keenan Allen, even Josh Palmer, and then everyone else. It was like a stark drop-off. Yes. This year, it's including Mike Williams has improved dramatically. Quentin Johnson looks... I mean, it's a very more succinct unit in terms of what they can do out of their break, in terms of what they can do with their footwork. And I think that's a very good thing because it, it just adds to that illusion, adds to that cohesion. And, and when you're making split second decision Justin Herbert that is you want to have the best route runners on the field and now if you have six options that can all run routes well which they didn't have two years ago that to me was a huge takeaway in that it's always kind of an indicator to me on the order that they set with everybody obviously Keenan goes first when it goes through the ladder drills and many <laughs> of just like the short break drills and then Joshua Palmer second because yeah. obviously as far as route running goes he's probably the second best as it relates to the union and then you watch Mike Williams you watch Quinn Johnson go through and then all of a sudden here comes Darius Davis which I'm like I'm lauding the day I'm still in the middle of a conversation as far as like how cool it is to watch these guys run drills and then you watch Darius Davis go through this and you're just like yo <laughs> okay yeah all right blender feet like that like the ta- like the what is it the, not the Tasman the Roadrunner Roadrunner <laughs> yeah and how quickly he separates like even you saw some plays in 7 on 7 11 11 where he catches it in the middle and like he's in the deep part of the field real quick and I know they're not tackling so like comes the grain of salt but he and Quentin bring stuff that they just haven't had and I think it's hard not to get excited about the possibilities and how they could be utilized this season so uh, Jake gotta pay the bills here a little bit oh of course let's talk about our friends over at Aura we'll be right back after a quick 53 second I believe commercial break with more Charges Unleashed have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. And brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You could try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Charters Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. All right, so Jake, we are uh, 
here. Ryan, we're here at camp. Green grass, In blue shade, skies, lots of water. Make sure everybody stay hydrated. Um, any other main takeaways? When your head hits the pillow tonight, what's the thing that you're going to remember? Hmm. When your head hits the pillow. It hits the pillow. I like that. Y'all let you go first, um, Jake. Practice opened up watching special teams drills, which I believe started last year with Fitkin as well. It's nice to see that kind of be like a little bit of a highlight. There was a lot of special teams drills that were going on close to the sidelines, which was nice to run. I mean, again, watching special teams drills is not like a huge highlight, but in terms of just the overall continued focus of this team, it was nice to see that up front. Um, you still had some of the defensive drills going on on the opposite side of the field, which we weren't able to get up too up close and see. Uh, Brandon Staley had a couple of fiery moments during special teams drills, specifically just like telling people like, hey, let's go. Like, in so many words. Step it up. Yeah. <laughs> Get your head in the game. I was going to use some other words, but yeah, that's that's the fair term <laughs> to say. Freaking go. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, being day one, I think it'll just be interesting to see how this training camp continues with specifically Brandon Staley and the differences that we have seen and how he runs camp between the last two years and obviously opening up camp this year. Um, the amount of volume that Quinn, Quinn Johnson was getting today, it's just like, look, I'm trying to keep that It's ceiling. hard, right? It's hard. I'm trying to keep that ceiling at a cautious spot and not try to get everybody's expectations too over. What, what's your ceiling for him in year one? I want you to like trying to put like a numerical force factor on it. I don't know. I mean, I've been saying Would this, 700 yards be a good rookie year? I mean, you know, That'd be somebody, a great rookie somebody year. Put, okay. yes. Somebody put to Dan and I on the show that five touchdowns, 650 yards was an over-under for Quinn Johnson's okay. rookie year, which I, I thought like was that. a very very, very fair, that's fair. number to Yeah, that's fair. And I would agree just because of the fact that you only have one football on this team and so many weapons that are around you. Yep. I felt that the touchdowns was a more plausible one to go over than possibly the yardage. Mm-hmm. And not to say that Quentin Johnson is not going to have a great rookie season, which I am starting every single day to believe a little <laughs> bit more and more that that's going to happen. But I think just from the standpoint that there's only one football to go around, so who are you going to who are you going to not throw it to? Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Jared Everett. I mean, there's a couple other guys that I didn't even list off there. So in terms of just the fact of one football at a time, would love to see him go over on that line from the touchdown standpoint. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if it's going to go over the yards. But who cares? Who cares? Because Quentin Johnston was making some great sideline catches today, out-jumping guys, his total MO and what he's known for. Keenan Allen was doing Keenan Allen things. I joked to Dan because literally every 7-on-7 or 11-on-11 drill that Justin <laughs> Herbert was out there when he was rotating between him, Easton Stick, and Max Duggan, the first pass that Justin Herbert's going to, it's going to Keenan Allen. So I would think if I was a defensive back, like... <laughs> <laughs> I know this is coming to me. And there were a couple of times where Keenan just, God, the flat was just way wide open. Oh, yeah. Nice and one-hander on the sideline. His one-hander on the sideline that he did today. But just to still get that type of separation when it's just guys that have been practicing against him for as long as they have, when you know what his game is all about, it's just like he's still just making them look silly out there. Yeah. Keenan Allen is always open. It's And when you see it in practice where you're like, the defense knows it's coming, and he still is that open. Just goes to the you know savvy veteran that he is, and he's like a fine vino. Uh, I don't know, big deal, little deal, no deal to you guys. When you think about the receiving core that was noticed today, Keenan, Quinton, Josh Palmer had some plays. We didn't really see or hear much about Mike Williams today. Big deal, little deal, no deal. 
I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I, he had a couple of catches in the flat. One of them was on Dean Leonard that he ended up beating. So in terms of like the volume, I guess, that he would normally get, maybe not to what you're expecting. Maybe a lot of those throws went to, went to Quinton in that circumstance. But I don't think that's a big deal at all. I think that that's just opens up a lot more opportunities. Do you think it's telling in terms of who might be getting more? I would say, I would argue it's a good deal because we know what Mike Williams is. Agreed, yes. We want to see uh, Look QJ. at you going we door number four. See, yeah, a good deal because we know what he's going to bring to the offense when needed and what he can do in terms of his size, speed, and, and all that good stuff. So we don't need to see him getting 15 balls in, in day one of training camp. We need to see him, okay, let's see how the routes are looking, how's the, the footwork looking, and you're going to get your catches when we need him on third down and long uh, come come game day. That's fair. So, Ryan, Ryan, go to you. We're going to head into the pillow tonight. So, for me... I um, take it easy, man. Thank you. I and it's hard to tell this from day one of training camp, but I think there was a lot of conversation. Obviously, after that Jacksonville playoff loss about Brandon Staley, where he's going to keep his job, and then when he did keep his job, it was like, okay, well, is this his team? Is he on a short leash? Is uh, you know the, the clock ticking? Like, what does he have to do this year to to if, if you will win the team back? From the little bit I saw today, I, this is clearly his team. This is brand, now. There's still a lot of questions out there. There's still stuff that needs to be answered. But I think the the question of is the team behind him and believe in what he's building? I think that, without a doubt, in my mind, in spades. So I think which is why he was kept. I think a lot of players came to his defense. I think the front office realized what he was building. It didn't end the way we wanted it last year. But I think the foundation he's built, and now this being his third training camp, we can see the culture continue to grow and get better. Now we need to see results on Sundays, Thursdays, and Mondays. Um, but to me, that was my biggest takeaway is clearly this is Brandon Staley's team. And then now with the new iteration of Kellen Moore and some other coaches coming in, we'll see how that adaptation continues to um, grow into the culture. But mm-hmm. I think the foundation is set, and now it's, you know, let's take this thing to the next level. There's no question. I mean, you see Brandon Staley and his presence. I mean, he shakes hands with every single player as warm-ups go through. And you see him light into some players on different drills and during 7-on-7s, 11-on-11s. He, uh, his voice is heard. And you know people can talk about results. They can talk about things on the field. But in terms of just pure leadership and getting folks to buy in and establishing a culture and establishing a mindset, it's palpable how different this team is from a culture perspective than before Brandon Staley was here. And I think that's the best testament is how different this team is. Again, even throwing out records aside, which again, Justin Herbert's flourished. We've seen them get better and better every year record-wise. They made a playoff run last year. But just you can the tangible difference that you can see on the staff and now bringing in a Kellen Moore and having kind of those mindsets kind of in tandem with him, Kellen Moore, Derek Ansley, like you're right. I mean, it's his team. This team goes by Brandon Staley, and I think they're okay with that. Yeah, as it should be. I mean, it should be your head coach's team. And, you know, I th- last thing I'll say about that is every – and we'll just keep it team-specific, not business. But every team is different when building the foundation and culture. Some teams it happens very quickly. Some teams it takes more time. I think this is probably taking longer than people have wanted. Um, I am more of, like, the optimist looking at it. So, for me, I think year three is kind of your true gauging year to know, like, is it there or is it not? For players and for coaches. Yeah. And so I think this is the year, but I think coming into this year, it's good to know that the foundation's set, the culture's there. Now this is the year to see it pay dividends. And if it doesn't, 
they, they will have a lot to talk about next offseason, but from what I can see from day one of training camp, it's it's all laid out in front of them for them. Day one, training camp in the books. We have training camp the rest of the week. We've got stuff going on next week, week after that. We've got some giveaways, got some special guests, got all kinds of stuff going on. But uh, I would say day one was a success. Can we do a pool party or something? We need to do a, pool a live party. show for a pool party. I mean, that sounds great. Don't want to see that. Or a beach party? I don't know. I do, beach yes. Party seems more. We got to do like an LAFB charge and leave beach party. That yeah, sounds fantastic. Cool. Like, come on, let's get out of the heat. We can talk ball. Get out of the heat at the beach? No, not really. But have just some to surveys. Interact, uh, to interact with the fan base. I like that idea. That's a yeah. possibility for us to do. I cut Ryan, off what you were going to say, but I just had to. Ryan founder, make it happen. <laughs> okay, we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. All right. Uh, for Jake Hefner, Ryan Dyrud, LAFB Charges Unleashed, live from training camp day one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Chargers Unleashed, and we will talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed. <laughs>